Welcome to Muskegon History and Beyond with the Lakeshore Museum Center. My name is Pat Horn. On today's podcast, we are going to examine the life and career of one of the most successful athletes to ever come out of Muskegon County. Today, we talk about Earl Morrill, the greatest backup quarterback in NFL history. Earl Morrill was born in Muskegon, Michigan on May 17, 1934. He would attend Muskegon High School from 1949 to 1952 and played in three sports, basketball, baseball, and football, in which he started in all three. The athletic moral with his great arm would excel at baseball, where he played shortstop, and football as a quarterback. In 1951, Morrill was one of the key members of the baseball team that won a state title, and he came through down the stretch with a key hit and also by stealing home. In the 1951 football season, which was his senior year, Morrill had his best season as quarterback, leading the Big Reds to an undefeated season and a state title in that sport. In this season, he set school records in pass yards at 851 and touchdown passes with 11. With this performance, Morrill was a highly touted recruit for colleges around the United States. In the end, he decided to stay in-state and attended Michigan State University. At MSU, Morrill would play not only football, but also start for the baseball team, playing shortstop or third base. In his junior year, Morrill and the Spartans won their first ever Big Ten title and reached the College World Series, but ended up finishing in third. On the football field, Morrill struggled until his senior season when it all came together. Morrill led the Spartans that year to a 9-1 record and secured a victory over UCLA in the Rose Bowl. Morrill would also finish fourth in the Heisman Trophy vote. With this victory and his performance that year, Morrill was a valued target by professional football teams. He was also being looked at by several baseball teams. Morrill, though, loved football and decided to enter the NFL draft. In the 1956 draft, he was selected as the second overall pick by the San Francisco 49ers. His first season, he served as a backup behind Y.A. Tittle, a future Hall of Fame quarterback, a role which would often repeat in Morrill's career. After this first year, Morrill was traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Morrill would start the 1957 season with the Steelers and had a good year. However, he was traded to the Lions for the 1958 season. Morrill would play for the Lions to 1965. Much of that time was as a backup, but Morrill was a starter for the 1963 and part of the 1964 season until he hurt his shoulder and was out for the remainder of the year. Recovered for the 1965 season, Morrill was traded to the New York Giants, where he started that year. The next year, though, saw Morrill in a rotation for a starting quarterback. In 1967, the Giants brought in quarterback Fran Tarkington, and Morrill was once again on the bench as a backup to a future Hall of Famer. This trend continued when he was released by the Giants and picked up by the Baltimore Colts for the 1968 season. Here, Morrill was to be backup to future Hall of Famer Johnny Unitas. However, in the final preseason game of the season, Unitas got hurt and Morrill became the starter, leading the Colts to a 13-1 record and an appearance in Super Bowl III against the New York Jets and their quarterback Joe Namath. In this matchup, the Colts were heavily favored, and most thought it would not be even close, despite one of the most famous guarantees ever by Joe Namath that the Jets would win. In this game, Morrill performed poorly, throwing three interceptions and will be replaced by a now-heeled Unitas. Unitas, however, couldn't save the Colts' chances, and they fell in what is considered one of the greatest Super Bowl upsets ever. While in pursuit of the ultimate goal, Morrill fell short, he was awarded the NFL MVP award for his play that year. 
However, even with his new award, Murrow was back on the bench the next year as United started the 1969 season. In 1970, the Colts had another chance for a championship in Super Bowl V against the Cowboys. In this game, Morrill got a chance to redeem himself after Colts quarterback John Unice got hurt in the second quarter and could not return. At that time, the Colts were down 13-6. Morrill would help lead the Colts' comeback, and in the end, the Colts triumphed 16-13, winning Earl Morrill his first Super Bowl title. Morrill served as backup for the next two years before the Colts cut the now 38-year-old in 1972. However, his former coach, Don Shula, saw that Morrill could still be valuable and picked him up to join him with the Dolphins in Miami. Here, Morrill was to be a backup once again to future Hall of Famer Bob Greasy. But, like when Morrill first joined the Colts, his role was going to be larger than anticipated. In the fifth game of the season, Greasy got hurt and Old Bones, as Morrill was named, stepped in. Morrill, who was the oldest on the team, even older than some of the coaches, took a lot of ribbing. His locker was dubbed the Arthritis Clinic, and he often found a rocking chair positioned in front of it. But he would lead the Dolphins to win that game, and continue to win, finishing the regular season undefeated. In the playoffs, the Dolphins continued to win, although in the conference final game against the Steelers, Morrill was performing poorly and was pulled in favor of the now-heeled Greasy, who led the team to victory. Greasy would then start in the Super Bowl and win it for the Dolphins, completing a perfect season, a feat that hasn't been repeated since. This gave Morrill his second Super Bowl win, and he earned Comeback Player of the Year award, as well as an All-Pro selection. The following season, the Dolphins would once again repeat as champions, giving Earl Morrill his third Super Bowl victory. Morrill stayed as backup for Greasy until 1976, when he retired from football at the age of 43. In his career, he had thrown for 20,809 yards and 161 touchdowns. Shula later said of Morrill, quote, all Earl ever did was win games for me, whether it was as a starter or coming off the bench. What I remember the most, of course, is what he did in 1972 when he replaced Bob Greasy after Bob's injury and kept our perfect season going until Bob returned in the playoffs. But Earl won a lot of games for me in Baltimore as well, and he did it in such a humble way. He was a great team player who would do whatever was asked of him, and he was an outstanding leader who inspired confidence in his teammates. End quote. Following retirement, Earl joined the staff of the University of Miami as a quarterback coach in 1979 and stayed in this position until 1983. During his time there, he coached three notable quarterbacks who all saw success on the professional level, Jim Kelly, Bernie Kosar, and Vinny Testaverde. After the brief stint coaching, Morrill turned to politics, running and being elected mayor of his new hometown, Davie, Florida. Morrill would also run for state representative in 1992, but he lost this election. When asked about being a backup quarterback and a leader in football, Morrill responded, When you get the chance to do the job, you have to do the job. That's all there is to it. Earl Morrill passed away on April 25, 2014, at the age of 79. He is regarded as the greatest backup quarterback of all time, even though he was also a starter for many seasons. While he filled the shoes of many Hall of Fame quarterbacks, Morrill has never been given that honor, although many believe it is well-deserved. Thank you for joining us today, and we'll be back in two more weeks with our next episode. 